So we have a pretty few interesting weeks coming up for our crazy avid listeners. I'm sure there's many of you who are really devoted. Keep up, guys. Newsletter. Um, Coming out soon. So you're going away and then I'm going away. Yeah, so I'm going to Splendor for a bit under two weeks. Um, And then you go away. Yeah. For how long? Three weeks. Three weeks. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skull this. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get crazy. I'm crazy. Yeah. This is high school Katie <laughs> coming back out. Back out. I shouldn't have done that though because I was so drunk last time. <laughs> Wait. Oh yeah. I couldn't read. It's that was so hard. fun. It's so hard going second. Yeah, last time was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's so much better going first. Too. Also, how weird is it gonna be? I have to move houses in December. Really? Yeah, we moved back into my other house in December this year, oh and we won't have this room anymore. Where are we gonna do it? Like my bedroom or like my uh, oh there's my like a lounge God. room. Yeah, and then yeah, I guess we'll probably. I can't imagine not having this room. Anymore. Yeah, that's a isn't it strange? Like I didn't even want to move last time. Now my house is gone forever I like lost my virginity in that room like I cried and like had all my like, were you there from birth I moved into it when I was three years old yeah so you know and I've been through I graduated younger. schools like graduated uni like God. blah 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 and had like heartbreak in that room yeah laughter in yeah that room. exactly yeah. like all these memories like all these different people that have touched my lives in See, different ways I feel like I've had more memories in this house yeah. Which is so funny. Yeah, hilarious. That's yeah. It's super weird. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that the, the other day, that, like, there was a period of time where I just, like, didn't, like, hang out one-on-one with you ever. Yeah. How weird's that? I remember even thinking the first time when you we have, told me to record. I know. Even I, I was, was like, like, oh, okay. I was like, I was like, oh, God, like, I'm, like, going to hang out with you, and I was like, oh, we'll just go through it first, because I thought it was going to be really awkward if we, like, did it straight away. But... That is hilarious. So weird to think exactly about now because now I'm literally like, okay, it's been like less than a week. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Man. Yeah, that was strange. The whole thing's strange. This year's been super weird. Super yeah. weird. Oh yeah, we can all agree on that. Oh yeah, it's been a weird year. But um, yeah, it'd be good. Good year. Yeah. I mean, in the end, you'll get there. It's been all right now. Yeah, it's like been I'm... pretty good now. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, so no, in December we'll have to find a new podcasting space. I absolutely, it's going to sound so, but love time and I wish that like my old self and my young self could like combine and like just talk about how hilarious or like interesting and how weird life I reckon, would you, do you reckon you'd like find your old self like annoying or like that's the thing i've always been pretty okay with my old self i've been like i've done embarrassing young people like you know teenage things and Mm. i still do embarrassing things now Mm. but like i don't know i i never really i've never been a super insecure person so Mm. when i look back on my memories it's always with like like lol (laughs) you know yeah uh, Yeah, that's true it's never like oh my god that's so embarrassing. My, I can't believe I used to do that. My biggest thing is like, pretty good person. you know, when they like ask like celebrities or like famous people, they're like, oh, like what's one thing you would tell like your 16 year old yeah. and stuff? And you like answer it even though no one cares. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing, like especially I've noticed like Ooh, a fun couple like 
years is like for the past couple of years, especially this year, last year as well, is just I've like being so much more comfortable with yourself. Like it is such a difference, and you don't notice until you're out of it that you just there's that there there was that aspect, especially in teenage years, of just like being like questioning everything, like literally thinking what is anyone thinking about me? Like, that yeah. person on the street, don't even know who they are, what are you thinking about How- me? From going to literally, I, like, every day dress like a bum. And just, like, I, like, am so comfortable with that. Like, yeah, yeah, just being really, like... I had that realisation The ability to myself. be, like, silly and, like, stupid. And, like, yeah, exactly. The, I had the realisation myself, yeah, you're, like, always, like, you're worried about what everyone else thinks, oh blah, blah, blah. But then, like, when you... I had a realisation one day that, like, nobody... Care. Everyone's too nobody upset. Thinks, like everyone's exactly. looking at their own self. Everybody is like, their own is. main character in yeah. their own lives, and nobody. Because I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, what do you think about this person? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Like I don't have anything to think about them. And they're like, that's what they think about you. Nobody yeah. fucking cares. Nah, it's such a big. It was such a refreshing feeling. In Chadston, I wouldn't even walk with my mom. Like I wouldn't. Like, I'd walk a bit ahead oh, of her. Do you know, but this is, like, when... Oh, sorry. That was, like, when I was, like, 13. Like, not even 13. Like, yeah, 12. I, mean, I was, like... I, mean, I was literally, like, kill my... Like, I was, like, oh, my God. If anyone knew I was with my mum and Chadza right now, like... I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, God. That's just... And to, like, think about that now, it's just, like, oh, it's such a state of insecurity. But we all have to go through it. And, and you have to go through it to appreciate right now. And we're also getting to the age where, like, you realise, like, your mom is, like, a real person with real human emotions. And they're yeah. not this, like, they're oh not this, God. like, yeah. matriarch of, like, st- stability. They're, yeah. like, a real person with their own, like, problems and their own, Literally. like, insecurities. That's what I've been finding really interesting is, like, I'm getting to the age where it's, like, they're not, like, so, they're, like, start, like... I mean, some they're like, dealing parents. with their own shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, they they're on like their own like level. Like they're on a different level now. Yeah, super straight into that. Like doing this. Let's start with the seven forty one. A cooler thing. All right, we can do this. We're gonna like start off with a little like, back back story. A little bit of a history lesson. As I did say to Jess before, it's hard, sort of. It's so hard, but like it's hard, like being caught up in your own life and you're like living your day to day thing, and then all of a sudden, like especially since this isn't for any sort of university or school homework, I just randomly yeah. start googling this shit, and I'm like, oh, like this shit happened, and I was like happily eating my nachos like ten yeah. minutes ago. Like it's just so weird. It's a bit, it's a bit contrast. Like this, this happened to real people, and these are real people that I'm about to talk about. And you're a real person eating real nachos. Exactly, yeah. and like the nachos. Are so real. <laughs> so real. And they taste so real in my mouth. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> um, history lesson. History lesson one hundred and one. Uh, title: British colonizer. <laughs> British colonizer. <laughs> British colonization. Oh my god. British colonization. Co- colonization. British colonization of India. I feel like there was so many like beep. <laughs> beep. British. Beep. Yeah, I should put those in. Yeah. Um, yeah, British colonization of India, right? So it's Nailed like, it. I like, this is sort of what the the story revolves around. And I was like, to be honest, like, what's the most I've heard about What's that it all about? So, some of the main reasons that the Europeans sailed to Asia was for trade, yeah. um, which was especially with India. Yeah. Um, 
I think, like, going way back to my history lessons in, like, year 11, I think it was something to do with spices and teas became really trendy Mm. in um, Britain. And, like, it was, like... It just became this, like, fashion where it's, like, the most exotic, like, look at me. Like, I got, I mean, people still have that bullshit today. Oh, yeah. It's like, I bought this from, I bought this from India. I bought this from a market in India. So, oh, like, definitely. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying content. Before the British arrived, India was the richest country on earth until the year 1000. <laughs> until the white man came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, literally. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, the year 1000, which is 1,017 years ago. And Britain was, like, in absolute shambles. They had, like, a civil war. And the British were like, fuck this, let's go to India and, like, see what happens, yeah. you know? Um, another motivation for this blatant Western supremacy ideal, which was often referred to as the white man's burden. Oh, <laughs> There's so many burdens for the white man. I know, man. exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is where they felt it was the responsibility of the West to dominate and control another person who does not fall under the category of the West. Like, they feel it is their obligation to fix them. Naturally. Exactly. Ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, Wait, it was like... And that, that's their burden? Yeah, it was like a power thing. Like, oh they were like, God. oh, me as the the superior, yeah. more educated, needs to help these poor people who live in this poor country, even like, though it's the richest country in the world. definition of a burden. Yeah. Like the worst. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, it was a power thing. They just enjoyed going around, like, taking charge of shit and, as wow. an article like to say, enslaving their minds with English education. Um the British believed that it was their, the best thing that they could do was create a class of individuals in India who could be of Indian blood and colour but have English tastes, opinions and morals and intellect. Uh, they believed that Hinduism was the root of all evils and they tried to Christianise them. So they're just like, these random fucking people just came over and they're like, you know what, it's okay, like, we'll make it better. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like, like, like we got cheeks, you, like... like oh. So, meanwhile, this is all happening. Okay. Little Vera Mangai Vilu Nachiva. Yep. I'm going to call it Vera. Vera? Vi- yeah. No, Vilu. Okay. Vilu. So, born in 1730, she was the only child to the king of the Ramadan kingdom. Uh, maybe because there was no heir or because... Perhaps she was just, like, really fucking good at what she does. The royal family brought her up as if she was a male, like, the prince heir to the throne. So they trained her using weapons usage, martial arts, horse riding, fighting on horseback, and archery. And, like, she was just, like, sick. Badass. Yeah, she was badass. Little princess, like, little Indian princess. But she'd have really long black hair and, like, wearing, like, red. Yeah, Get in a plaid, like... Um, and she was a scholar in many languages and could speak French, English, and Urdu, Urdu, you do, Urdu, French, English, and Urdu. The young princess actually spent heaps of time studying the rules of war and she'd just been bred to rule. Like she was just like, which was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, you know, like, but no one really fucking. In, well, well, in India, what was the kind of a woman's position? Do you know? It. Um, from the very little research that I've done, yeah, 
not heaps like there were been yeah. there's some female rulers that weren't taken very seriously or whatever yeah. but she did come from a really high really respected yeah blah, blah, blah. i think i think it's dependent on like the um norms and values of the individual family yeah and the fact this family and also royalty and had she, this, she yeah. was from what they say in my research she was really really likable like she was just really nice and oh, interesting okay. and lovely and just yeah. e- everybody who met her loved her like yeah. that's how she gathered all of the, did all the things she did just yeah. because everybody was just so devoted oh, to her okay. cool, cool, cool. so she just had that quality had about her yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. um so when she was 16 she married the king of siva gangai um <laughs> are you ready for this his name was Muthuvadagangatha. Muthuvadagangatha. It's like, it has about 20 letters in the name. No, I mean, the Muth- name I'm loving. Yeah, Mutha, but like, that's hard to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Muthuvadagangatha. I like, I'd put it in like phonetics. Just so. You know when someone's like they have to say all oh, at the start like oh, oh yeah mother ganga mother ganga mother vadanga exactly you just like can't with phonetics it's harder yeah mother vadanga yeah that was pretty good so she married this guy so then she was like it wasn't like she became the queen in her own right she married another. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. being able to like attain that status that way is like a bit easier. You know what I mean? Wait. So was she already from like a royal family? Yeah, but they were have they. This was in they the 1700s where there was like a king. You could have like the king of like Chapel Street. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? gotcha, gotcha. Like I think there was so many kings yeah, everywhere. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. maybe not Chapel Street, but you get me. Like yeah, the queen so. of the king of Sydney or some shit. Yeah. So, um, so she had a lovely twenty years with him and had a little daughter of her own, Princess Gowrie. Little Princess Gary, they had a very nice time in their kingdom. The end. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's, that's the end. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, until the British soldiers came beating down the door mm-hmm. and killed her husband straight up. Killed the king. Reasons or burden of the wife? They were take. They were yeah. They were just fucking taking over shit. They didn't oh, but like they were people. Helping them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was like kingdoms who were like in favor of working with the white man, and then there was like other yeah, people who do yeah. So yeah, they killed him, um, and she escaped with her daughter and lived in like this random uh, sanctuary place for eight years. During this time, she fought and formed an army and sought allegiance with other anti-British leaders with the aim of fighting them and then just getting them the fuck out of India. Yeah. Um, the British t- troops caught wind of her plan. They stormed the palace that she was, like, taking sanctuary in oh, and killed her daughter. No. Her, like, little daughter. She was, like, so I reckon, yeah, she would have been under 20, so, like, her teenage daughter. Oh, they killed her daughter. So at this point, she's like, literally, my fuck my this. Daughter. Like, yeah. I don't have anything yeah. to, I, fuck it. I'm just, oh, so God. yeah. Yeah, and how like, just, just like, so no, fucked. No, no, prefer- like she's just living her life and this has been like. Exactly. Problem. Like she literally hadn't been doing anything. They just like didn't want them, the, the Indian people to like, have 
their own lives. They oh, just came yeah. in and just took everything. Yeah, so now she has nothing left to lose, so she just, like, dedicates her life to the justice of the true people of India. Yeah. She acquired 10,000 troops and then became a force to be reckoned with. Oh, um, Velu, which is her name, Velu had her intelligence gather info where they discovered where the British stored their ammunition, like that mm. they were, like, killing, you know, the, the ammunition that they killed her husband and child with. Yeah. Um, also she was married. So like, even though it was like an arranged marriage, she was married to her husband for 20 years. Imagine being 20 years with someone. That's a lot. Like, it's not even like. So this is all. Oh, so they would have married young. Yeah. She well, was, was 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No so, shit. yeah. So, and then she had like this child. Like, that's what I think. Cause when you hear these sort of things, I'm like, oh yeah, but it's like king princess. Like yeah. they just like get married. No, that but like, been, like even like if good. they weren't in love it, spending it would just be a partnership it would don't you reckon if you like spend a... that much time with someone you just end up have to liking like them like you wouldn't oh, no i actually find like especially um you know because it is more of a it's a western thing to not agree with like it's not, arranged it's marriages not a western thing like, it's a, it's, people don't yeah. agree yeah yeah but like i found in a lot of um especially asian countries where it is like really commonly accepted a lot of them are like so happy with it they just have an arrangement with someone like this like the it's not seen as a bird like we see it as a lot of like you're trapped in a marriage like a loveless marriage but people find to like grow really fond of the other person and they have a partner to do everything with like it's like a really good arrangement in some cases well i think that like i think okay this is fucking off topic but i'm we'll, we'll just talk about it um i read this article about raising a child with someone who isn't your partner like it's not someone that you're in a romantic relationship with Mm -hmm. um the one the example that i read was this woman who wanted to have a child and she met this gay man who also wanted to have a child Mm -hmm. and they did like the um the insemination Yeah, yeah yeah like and then they had a baby together and then they were just raising the child together and that was their baby Mm -hmm. and like how in a way romantic relationship is such a volatile thing and so it can just go so wrong in so many ways because you're just so obsessed with each other like keeping that aspect out of it and just having like a mutual respect with someone yeah yeah, with someone that you really just like agree with and respect and like don't have you know you can grow to love them as like a friend and that sort of thing or like yeah even with like an arranged marriage like i mean obviously i don't understand but like yeah with that sort of thing it's like you're not like taking out that emotional like instability yeah the emotional instability of it which actually sounds kind of yeah all right i just it it just depends what kind of um like obviously like values you're brought up with and stuff like you know and i think especially in this where we're surrounded by this idea of like finding love which isn't that's not it's not wrong by any means it's just how what we've been like we've grown up with like finding love finding that like relationship and stuff like that but they're like as even i see it in the philippines all the time like you know like if you find a like an arranged marriage that just like it happens to suit you like like absolutely go for it like it's yeah be really like that's the that's the win yeah anyway yeah so yeah so yeah after they killed her husband and daughter she was like fuck this shit i'm ready to fucking kill somebody so velo had her intelligence gather info where they discovered where the british stored their ammunition so one of velo's followers slash her adopted daughter who she was really close with doused herself in oil and set herself alight and walked into the storehouse becoming the first recorded suicide bomber what the fuck wait why did she do that? 
to to get rid of all the if they blow up all the British's ammunition where they keep all of the things that they oh. use to kill everybody else. If they don't have any ammunition anymore, they can't kill anyone. Oh my God. So her so adopted bad. daughter set herself on fire and walked into where they had all their like that gun and buz- bullets fucked. and stuff. And then just the whole thing blew up. The first suicide recorded bomber. suicide bomber. That's crazy. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Like the, the where even, and like now technology of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and like the absolute, passion oh my god that it know, must that take to do even, like, that that they she must be so where just death is just like that's the second that's, that's the second thing of importance yeah yeah fucked that is um fucked. yeah and another adopted daughter of Vilu's, her name was Yudival, uh also blew herself up along with the british barracks so two of these women just walked in and just like fucking blew up the whole their whole Jeez. arm system and they had no defenses anymore to believe like so much in something that you're willing to die for it yeah that's a whole other level. and that's what i'm saying so when i'm doing my research and i'm thinking about me sitting on my bed eating fucking nachos i'm like people are like making these decisions where they need to like probably die for yeah. this cause that they believe in yeah but that doesn't downgrade you eating nachos like, <laughs> no, no, no no i'm just saying it's just like makes me be like i'm so lucky so after this, Vilu formed a woman's army, which she named Yudival in honor of her adopted daughter. Mm. So after all that, she like made this woman's army, mm. and everyone was like ready to fight. Yeah. Um, and at this point, the British and their allies were like fucking freaked the fuck out. Uh, there was nothing that these people wouldn't do for their cause, like you know, Apparently, yeah. exactly. So they were like, shit, like this, this is like serious. Take it seriously. They tried to place uh, obstacles in the way of the Rani. The Rani means queen, so mm-hmm. it's like Vila is her name, but Rani is queen. But her forces just fucking like steamrolled over that shit, and they were like, fuck you, we don't care, Natural. we're coming for you, you're dead. And onto Sivagan guy, which is where she used to be queen before they came and killed her husband. Yeah. So the opposing forces were defeated dramatically and taken captive, eventually making the deal that Vilu's kingdom would be left alone by the British. Mm. So after all, all this shit, mm-hmm. she ended up just fucking coming in being like, no, I'm taking this back. This isn't your country. This is mine. She recaptured Sivangai and was crowned queen once again. Go Rani. I know, yeah. Rani Vilu Nachiva was loved by all who met her. Where rulers commanded loyalty with their wealth or invoking divine will, she evoked nothing more than the admiration and adulteration of everyone who ever met her, with her common sense approach and her unquestionable bravery. Like, yeah, she was, like, always in the fights and stuff as well. Like, she was, like, in it. Like Wasn't all talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She was the first female ruler to revolt against the British Empire, to take them on and win. And she continued to win for over a decade after regaining her kingdom so she ruled for queen as for 16 years until her death at 66 in 19 no in 1796 um yeah so she was she was 280 years old no yeah um I, i don't know what she died of um and unfortunately, after she died, the British regained control. Um, oh, really? Of the territory that she was in. But Shame. India gained independence in 1947. So essentially 50 years after she died. But she put up a fucking fight. Oh, yeah. You better believe she, she didn't stand around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 
that's it. That's it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I just find like the British colonization of places and like how like Spain took There's over. Been a fair few. Yeah, yeah. and oh like God. how Spain took over the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. Yes. I'm was, so glad I got that. Oh my god. I was gonna say influenza and I was like, I don't <laughs> think that that's the same thing. But yeah, like they had reign of the Philippines for ages. There's a lot of like big dick countries that Yeah, are like, it's not weird that people yeah. just like I mean, it's just a completely different time that they went in. But someone like woke up in the morning and they were like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm like get on a boat and go like take like take this is not enough. More no. land. But now they've just got bigger machines, bigger dicks dicks to wave around. <laughs> Look at my big dick! My mom's bigger. Yeah, I'm in the war. I'm biggest dick. Everybody look at my big dick. I think this is exactly what war is like today. I'm pretty sure if I can sum it down into who's got the biggest dick, that's the question. It's on everybody's lips. (laughs) Word on the street. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was um, really awful. Yeah. Great. So that's pretty... uh, No, I, I like that. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, my, it's really funny. Oh my God, hilarious. That, it's not funny. But, you know, it's funny that before we brought up the word that I couldn't think of and I can't think of now, but it's going to come back to me. And it means pop culture. Yeah. Yeah, modern icon. Oh yeah. Because this is pretty much what it is. I reckon you, I'm I'm wondering at what point you're going to like click on to what it is. Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's like a left eye TLC yeah, but there's a couple points where you're going to figure it out like regardless. Like a guess? Yeah. Right, like, let's see what I guess. Ruth Mariana Handler. No. There we go. Well. All right. Ruth Mariana Handler was born November 4, 1916, and she was born as Ruth Mariana Mosca in Denver, Colorado, to Polish-Jewish immigrants Ida and Jacob Mosco. All right. It's either Mosca or Mosco. One of them I have spelled wrong. <laughs> So her parents had arrived in United in the US in America in a steamship traveling steerage which was the cheapest accommodation and they settled in Denver. So her father was a blacksmith who had brought his family from Poland so that he wouldn't be conscripted into the Russian army mm. and her mother never felt very well. She was exhausted from bearing 10 children but big families have a way of looking after themselves and Ruth the youngest says she was very well cared for Mm -hmm. I feel like they'd be like a very like well run oiled machine like I picture like cheaper by the dozen dozen. where they're they're throwing the toast and they're just like just about to say that that is a fantastic movie movie. like the house they move into you're just like oh great yeah um so Ruth married her high school boyfriend, Elliot Handler, and they moved to Los Angeles in 1938. It was within this time that he began making furniture, and from Ruth's suggestion, he started doing it commercially, and they began their furniture business. Ruth worked as the sales force behind the business, <laughs> so she was a businesswoman. So her husband and his business partner, Harold Matt Matson. Um, formed a small company to manufacture picture frames, which they called it Mattel. Do you, know, do you recognize it? Mattel is in Barbie, Mattel. Fuck! Yeah, okay. Wait, is I... she Barbie? Okay, well, it's ruined. Yeah, but yes. No, it's not ruined. You found out. But Mattel. Yes. Mattel, yes. Yeah, so I know the company Sorry. Mattel. Yeah. You know the company Mattel. By combining parts of their names, Matt and Elliot. Mattel. Um... Later, I wouldn't, I wow, didn't know Mattel. Yeah. yeah, okay, there you go. 
So no, I later didn't for them. Oh really? Yeah, a few years ago. Oh, look at you. Mm. What? Like Barbiard. Um, yeah, so later they began using scraps from the manufacturing process to make dollhouse furniture. Um, they soon began to realise that the dollhouse furniture they were making was far more profitable than the picture frames, so they decided to solely concentrate on toy manufacturing. The company's first big seller was the Yuka Doodle, <laughs> which was a toy ukulele. Oh my god, cute! Oh, toy guitar. Yuka Doodle. <laughs> I want a Yuka Doodle and I want a now. Gorilla Gorilla Yuka Doodle. But yeah, um, yeah. So the firm seemed to do reasonably well, and in the nineteen fifties, Mrs. Handler had a holiday in Europe, um, in which she visited Switzerland, and she came across a German-made doll about eleven inches tall called Blonde Lily, of improbable proportions, dressed in skimpy clothes, and presumably a designed to raise the ambitions of young men. So basically it was like a little a little, sex doll. little sex doll. It was an adult gag gift, pretty much. Oh right. Yeah. Um yeah, so it was from this time, like it was a combination of these things that gave her the idea. So she would often watch her daughter, Barbara, um, who was starting to become a preteen and she was playing with paper dolls. Um, she noticed that she and her friends used dolls to act out the future rather than the present. So this is at a time when, like, a lot of the dolls that they were using were all their age, like, kid, like young girls wanted to play with babies, they wanted to play with things. And she saw that they would use these dolls, these paper dolls, to play adult or teenage make-believe, imagining roles as college students, cheerleaders, and adults with careers. Um, so from this, Ruth immediately recognised that in experimenting with the future from a safe distance through pretend play was an important part of growing up. So, like, this was all aspects of life they had no idea about, but you were fascinated with, like, mums and dads was, yeah, like, oh my god, me, me and a girl from the street when we were so young with, like, turn off the lights and like make my room a club and we'd be like we'd be like woo like you know you just you're oh so oh you're so fascinated with stuff that you don't know but you've heard yeah. about and stuff like that oh my god amazing yeah um so she also noticed it was a product void and she also recognized the limitations of paper dolls um including how the paper clothing failed to attach well and she was determined to fill the ni- the niche with a three-dimensional fashion doll so she wanted to produce this three-dimensional plastic paper doll with an adult body and a wardrobe of fabric clothing, so like real clothing. But her husband and Mr. Matson thought the parents would not buy their children's a, children a doll with a voluptuous figure. And this is another thing where the, presen- the presence of breasts would be considered by many, like later would be considered by many, and unrealistic body proportions. Like it was a doll that yeah. had boobs. And yeah. Like, oh, Unbelievably, yeah. like, you know, women don't have boobs. Yeah. They're just like, they're too busy cooking. Like, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was inspired by Lily, which was the, um, the, oh, doll, the, the doll from German Switzerland. Doll. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, inspired by that, she designed a respectable American doll called Barbie, after her daughter, Barbara, with breasts 
but without nipples and wearing clothes that were pretty but not provocative. Yeah. Yeah, so the Lily doll was a representation of the same concept Ruth had been trying to sell to the other Mattel executives. Barbie debuted at the New York Toy Fair on March 9, 1959. And this is where I have two different (laughs) pieces of information. Yeah. So one said, at the New York Toy Fair on March 9, 1959, it was not an immediate success. It took time, and eventually the success grew. While another source (laughs) of mine says, after the premiere in the Toy Fair in 1959, Barbie became an instant (laughs) sensation. (laughs) So... I I she was like she was popular either way. The time yeah. frame doesn't matter. I feel I like guess. I feel like it probably wouldn't have been huge at the takeoff, but within like faster than most. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So never before had people seen a doll so completely unlike the baby and toddler dolls that were popular at the time. Wow! Yeah, because it was just assumed, like, you know, yeah. like, kids just wanted to be, like, a mum. They wanted to, like, think. Which yeah. you which you do. I feel like you really go, like, thinking back to my experiences, you go through a stage where you want to be the mother, you want to be the looking after, well, and then it grows into... Yeah, you want to be... Th- and then you, like, grow, and you start to realise other stuff, and you want to be, like... You grow, yeah, with... Wow. So, when... Uh, this is a lot like later on, like looking back. But when pressed by reporters why Barbie had done so well, Mrs. Handler said smilingly, "I was a marketing genius." So it was when Disney introduced the Mickey Mouse Club children's television show, Mattel invested heavily in television advertising, oh. and the TV commercials for the Barbie doll really paid off as Barbie rocketed Mattel and the Handlers to fame and fortune. Yeah, the success of the doll propelled Mattel to become a publicly owned company that soon made the fortune list of the 500 largest U.S. industrial companies. As we know, subsequently, they would add a boyfriend for Barbie named Ken, who was named after Handler's son, um, and many other friends and families to Barbie's world that were, like, Mm. attributed. So, and this is just a little talk about Barbie. So... Barbie gained fame not simply as a product, but as an icon. And that's that's why I talked about it, because she was literally... She was pop culture. Like, she's Barbie. It's so, like... It's such a household name. Yeah. Um, Andy Warhol produced an image of Barbie to be applauded alongside that of Marilyn Monroe. Um, at one... Like, the song Barbie Girl by Danish Groom Aqua. Danish! Was, like, huge. And then that... A Barbie doll was buried in an American government time capsule as a representative of life in the 20th century. Yeah. Barbie was said to be the archetypal. Yeah. Barbie was said to be the archetypal woman, a modern day, a modern Mona Lisa. On television, feminists said Barbie was a bimbo and bad for children, but Mrs. Handler retorted back saying that Barbie offered children choices of what they want to be, of what to be when they grow up. Yeah, she defended Barbie against feminists, said and said her creation is a career woman. Barbie offered children choices of what they wanted to be when they grow up. So by this time, Barbie had so many careers yeah. that at forty three years of being around, marriage was 
a declining prospect. Yeah, what do you think? Like, the far I got, less like, interesting aspect of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there's astronaut Barbie. There's oh my horse God. riding Barbie. What did I Dr. have? Dr. Barbie. I had, um, I had the Barbie van, the camper van. It was, like, huge. I find so those, like, dollhouse things so satisfying. I remember my cousin had, like, a 1980s um, hot pink Miami oh. house. I know, and I just, like, fucking, it was too die for you, just, like, like, push it out, and it would be, like, it would just become this whole house. Mine, mine, you'd, like, you'd you'd push out the thing, and there was, like, a little booth that they could sit there and things, and I remember we'd, like, pack it up with so much stuff. I think I've seen that, It was so fun to play with. I remember going to, like... I wish I had the imagination to keep doing it, like, that's... Oh, it was the best, like, you could, like, spend hours doing it, like... I remember going to Toys R Us and going through, you know how there was like just like three aisles that were just pink, pink. and it was like pink. every single asset, like oh my god, everything you want, and it was, oh, it was the best. The thing with that though is like I get the feminist point of view that blah 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 blah. I didn't get to an age where I was like 13 years old and still gave a shit about Barbie. Like yeah. it wasn't, I mean, because I get the unrealistic body Oh, yeah, yeah. But But I think at that point, I didn't even realise what, like, leg hair was. Yeah. So, like, it's... I think they were two differing, like, um, points in your life because they don't overlap. I I didn't find that they overlapped anyway. I was done with Barbie way before I started... I started realising that, like, you know, to be thin and to be thing... Like, yeah, I was 100% done with That's Barbie. what I'm thinking, so it's like, you can't, like, solely blame the, but the reason why... They've, have you seen they've made a new... Yeah, line. they've made the new yeah. line, but it's like, but children aren't going to be like, oh, I'm so happy I have a little short, yeah. fat idiot friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, the tall, skinny, blonde Barbie is still always going to be yeah. the most popular, yeah. attractive one. Oh, yeah. Because that's our, how our society runs. It's not Barbie's fault no. that they're buying into the okay. stereotypes. I think, I, I think there's definitely, like, a war to be waged on, like, body type. I just, I don't think, like, especially, like, Barbie and, like, toy kit, like, that's not that's not where the problem is, you know? I mean, yeah, if you want to make different body types and stuff, that's fine. But, like, yeah, but I like, feel like there's I so just, much more to yeah cover boys just and in stuff. that aspect, those little girls, they're okay. Like, we can... I think they're alright. Like, yeah. they've got their own bloody problems to deal with. They've, like, you know, married three boys at primary school. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Know. They're only influenced by the people they learn from. Yeah. They're not learning from Barbie or Mattel. They're learning from their parents and society. And the thing is, the way they use their Barbie is a reflection of, like, the, you know, yeah. the world around them. Every girl, even every, like, boys, like, they had, like, action figures and stuff. Like, you just... It, it was so not about that. It was completely your own imagination just taking, like, on whatever you, you do. Whatever story you wanted. It didn't yeah. conform to anything. Yeah, no, um, Barbie's a thing that is regularly studied at different schools. Um, students on sociology courses have been set the following exercises to be asked. What criticisms have been made of Barbie as a role model? Do you agree with this criticism? In your opinion, should the manufacturers be sensitive to this criticism? Mrs. Handler, or Ruth, says she's more than a doll to them, referring to um, the people who buy Barbies, um, whatever their age. 
She has become part of them. There are Barbie collectors of both sexes uh, and a 1959 Barbie that sold for $3 then is now said to be worth $5,000 in good wow. condition. Yeah. So I went to Recollectors. I was watching baggage handlers or whatever the other day. Yeah. And like how people have the money to just be collectors where they buy random old shit like yeah, that. Yeah, no like, shit. Like, what? Like, what's funding you? Because you're yeah. not getting any... Like, you're not selling this. Like, yeah, you're not exactly. Ex- like, yeah. you're the person that collects the thing. It's like an outflow of money. Like, where's the inflow? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are they going to run? Yeah. yeah. Ruth Handler served as the company's president for several of its most successful years. However, in 1970, Handler was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. So she had a modified radical mascotomy, which was often used at the time to combat the disease because of the difficulties in finding good breast prosthesis. It's like prosthetics, but it's prosthesis. So they it's cut like another word of it. They yeah. Um, so she decided to make her own, and from this, she founded her own company, um, formed by her and Patent Massey, um, called Nearly Me, uh, which she manufactured a more realistic version of the woman's breast because they didn't have very good. Like when she went through it, they it was she had difficulties finding good. Breast prosthetics. Yeah, so she used prosthetics. Yeah, but they use prosthetics. It's just another way of saying it, I guess. But yeah, so she used her own experience to start another company that manufactured realistic looking breast prosthetics. Whoa! Right? Whoa! I don't know if you remember when we were typing, when I was like, oh, did you hear me do that? Like, I just like did it. I was like, Oh my god! So the creator of Barbie also created realistic was a breast breast cancer survivor, and formed her own, own company, company, another another company called Nearly Me, in which she yeah more realistic breast things. That that is that in itself could be like insane. an own little thing. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, no, which is like such a. But like she, she, she's in the business. She's in the business of yeah, making things. That's so like, insane. May as that's well. Crazy. Um, yeah. So though the handlers took a more hands-off approach to their company's business practice after resigning, um, they continued to create new ideas. Uh, one project that Handler took on in the nineteen eighties was Barbie and the Rockers. Uh, uh, she was credited as a writer of the nineteen eighty-seven film Barbie and the Rockers Out of This World. Because you forget, like, Barbie has, like, there's so many branches of, like, not even, like, merch, movies, songs, like, like, there's, oh, there's so much stuff. Um, And Handler was inducted into the Junior Achievement U.S. Business Hall of Fame in 1997. So, um, she later died in California from complications of surgery from colon cancer. Um. She got another cancer. On April 27th, 2002, aged 85, her husband Elliot died nine years later at the age of 95. She was an inventor, a tremendously successful businesswoman, and a breast cancer survivor. Barbie, today, with a professional resume that is thicker than a phone book, (laughs) a circle of friends that rival any social network, and a community of caring that spans the globe, 
Barbie continues to find new ways to inspire and encourage the next generation of girls. Oh my god! That's awesome. That was such a good one. What were you talking about? Yeah, I guess I guess it was. I think I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be quite simple, but. It no, is quite nice. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. No. Who knew that, like, the creator... First of all, I didn't know the creator of Barbie was a woman. Second of all... I didn't oh, surely. Know- I, th- I thought the creator of Barbie would have been Barbara. Because you, you forget that thing that, like, there was originally, somewhere. like, you know, you just... You think of Barbie, and you're like, Barbie, it's always been around, like, Barbie's yeah. Barbie. You forget there was a time where, like, no one thought, like, it's, like, little girls play with baby dolls. Like, no one thought past that, and, like... But yeah, there were, there was that transition. Someone saw a little niche, and now there's like brats and like monster school. That's cre- it's created a whole other like like it's created other businesses. It's created other companies purely like ripple effect. Its influence would be like stuff you wouldn't even realize. The color pink, like it's just it's adopted the color pink. You know, like yeah, I wonder if like the pink being a girly thing was before Barbie Emma. Maybe. So, you know red and like Santa. Santa's red because of Coke. What? Oh, did you know that? So before um, Coke, because you know how Coke's colour's red, they were the first people to make um, their advertisement. They made the picture of Santa in a big red suit with a white beard. Before that, there it was just like Saint Nick who didn't really have an image. But because... Coke made that Santa is now in a big red suit with a big white beard and he's really jolly and happy. Cause it's all Coke. Literally, Coke did that because it was it was commercial. It was Fucked. like a commercial, um, like advertising. And like people raise their children to believe in Santa. I don't even get it. Anyway, it's fine. We should end this now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't even get into that whole Santa yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> we do not need to talk about Santa for the next twenty five minutes. No. All right, well, next time we see each other in this recording zone, we'll be after Splendor, so. All right, well, I'll see you in two weeks. Oh, my God. It feels like you're actually going.